everybody, this is Dr. B here with another edition of, of the Dr. B Show. I interviewed the great Veronica Romero, and I and she has been able to sustain a business, and she survived a you know pretty much a pandemic and pretty much also the financial crisis in 2008. She's been in business for over two decades. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Enjoy. Hi, Dr. B here. Are you struggling to get rid of stubborn fat but don't want to have plastic surgery? 111 Spa and Aesthetics non-invasive slimming massage can help you get the body you always wanted. 111 Spa and Aesthetics can also help you when it comes to cellulite treatments and body contouring massage. 111 Spa and Aesthetics offers a full range of skincare services, including facials, acne, scar treatments, skin tightening, microdermaspiration, and more. 111 Spa and Aesthetics are trained professionals with extensive skincare experience and utilize only the best equipment possible. For more information, please visit their website at www.111aesthetics.com. That's one O N E eleven. L-E-V-E-N Spa Aesthetics.com located at 10 East Munaki Road in Hackensack, New Jersey 07601 and to make an appointment don't miss out 201-520-1777 201-520-1777 Spa and Aesthetics Good morning, everyone. Another edition of the, of the Dr. B Show. I'm your host, Dr. B. I'm here with the great Veronica Romero. Veronica, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. This is taped or recorded during the holiday season, so happy holidays in advance. Uh, if not, it is what it is. Let's jump right into it. Uh, tell everyone Tell everyone about yourself. Uh, well, my name is Veronica Romero. I am originally from Mexico City. I uh, came here when I was 18 years old to New York City, uh, which is an amazing city. One of my dreams uh, come true. <laughs> then um, I started to work in restaurants, uh, met my husband, fall in love, continue studying, graduating for marketing. And then we opened up our own first place restaurant. Um, and from there, we started the journey of being, becoming an entrepreneur which is, has been amazing. We own Hidden City Cafe Corp that has uh, restaurants and catering business and also an event space. So as of the moment, we don't have the coffee shops open because due to the pandemic, we had to close them, but we do have that in our next projects. Um, probably within a year or two, we will reopen some of the cafeterias that we used to have. Uh, right now we're working on the catering and the event space, which is driving fantastically. I We are really, really grateful that we were able to reopen and it's it's been a real success. So we're super happy. We have a lot of work. <laughs> That's good though. A lot of work is good. I appreciate it. You spoke about education, right? I'm all about it as you can see behind me, right? So how, how did your experience at Baruch College with your concentration in marketing and management assist you if any, or if at all, with your uh, journey or career today? My goodness, a hundred thousand percent. First of all, um, our companies have been located 
really right across from the campus, from Baruch College. And as I was um, studying, I was also, we were also running the business together, having a family too. So um, not only the, the knowledge that I received from Baruch and the professors that guide me and my mentors, but also the actual support from the college because they know as they've been to our locations at a certain moment, we had three different restaurants um, open around the campus. So a lot of the staff, they know us, the directors and stuff. So they would always order um, catering food from us, visit our space and stuff like that. But in terms of the knowledge that I receive uh, from the education, it really, I, I would say that that's what really triggered to transform our company. Because as when we just first started, we started just as a restaurant. And you know, any place, any given place that has patronage, they just have a limited amount of um, customers that they can get at a certain time because you get full, right? And then you have breakfast, lunch, maybe dinner, depending on the type of uh, restaurant that you have. But thanks to the marketing and the, the way that it makes you switch, you know, like getting out of the box and thinking, you know what, if we do catering, we can be in more than one location at one time. We not necessarily have to be uh, limited to our space and the time that we have within the facility. So definitely that's something that I would say got like a, a light bulb in my head because of the marketing and the assessments of my mentors and professors. Like, um, don't limit yourself. Look for other possibilities. There's always around do a lot of marketing research. I would have done a lot of marketing research too. And, um, also, the location that we have is very seasonal, so I had to compensate for the for the long months that that colleges are closed because this is mostly like a residential and college area. So when colleges closes and then everybody goes for vacation, you really don't have that much going on around. So you would say, "Oh, well, it's only." two or three months. No, if you think about it, it's almost six months because once all college students go on, on test, it's like they're not really here. So it's like six months that you're open, six months that you're closed. So you have to think, what are you going to do with <laughs> that timing? So also thanks to the marketing research, I was able to spot um, groups that would require catering or space during those times. So for example, we start um, getting people that in the same, within the same network that we had, we would get into the, the directors of a student lives that run um, orientation and all those programs that they run during summer, right? Res residents and stuff like that. And we will provide them with catering or with a space. So all those little details uh, from how to open up our market and going to the most basic, what it would be physical, the structure of the, of the place itself. I remember once we had a problem in one of the locations because it like one of a sudden the, the, like the patronage will re was reduced during lunchtime that, 
it was we couldn't understand what it, why it that was happening and i remember at that time i was taking a, a class that it was um the psych, psychology behavior and psychology within groups and the professor was uh, teaching us how the physical structure of the space sometimes limits how much people can get into your place during a given amount, you know, when it gets busy. So I started, I was like, wait, wait a second. This sounds like something that is happening to me, right? <laughs> so I started putting a little bit more attention of what he was saying. And then we realized that within the previous week, we have acquired a couple of refrigerators for drinks. I think we got a, like one of those big uh, refrigerators for Red Bull and vitamin water and something like that. And we had placed it incorrectly next to the entrance, which was limiting the, the space where people could be, you know, like just hanging there waiting for stuff. So when I realized about that, we moved it right away and immediately we came back to the same flow of um, the people that was going into the space. So those are just like few examples um, that I can tell you, but I'm pretty sure that it's endless. <laughs> of course, of course. Many more lessons, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. So Nana, you, uh, you alluded a little bit about the, <clears throat> you're the owner of the Hidden City New York for 22 years, very impressed uh, with that. Uh, two questions, twofold. How did that come about? One, you know, what was the light bulb idea to start it? Uh, and two, you kind of alluded to it before. When was that aha moment where you said, you know what, let's expand from the restaurant, let's do catering so that we could be in multiple places, multiple places at the same time? So it's a two part question. <laughs> so my husband is the one that loves food. He's a chef. That's his passion. He drives some food and when people eat his food and they get excited, he gets excited too. <laughs> That's not my side at all. But what I do love is like being in the interaction with people. That's something that it fits my energy. I love it. I love to help people. I just like being in communion with people. That's something that it really is really good for me. So back in time, uh, when we just got married, we were working at um, another restaurant. My husband was already a partner with them. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, you always have that itchiness, like, I want to get my own thing. I want to, you know, like, just want to do your own thing. So he, he decided, he's the one that decided, like, hey, what if we open up our own restaurant? So, of course, Two people that like like to take risk make the best combination. <laughs> Either it's a recipe exactly. <laughs> or a recipe for success. <laughs> so um, he he's the one that decided. You know, I'm gonna start looking for a, a spot. Uh, we found the one that like I, like I told you, we started around the Flat Iron District, and he found a walking basement. Uh, that was on 24th Street. So the description of it is not very pleasant because it's a walking basement. That's where the Heathen City Cafe name came from because it wasn't so exposed. It was not, it was kind of something you have to find. So at the beginning, it was horrible because location, 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 and we didn't have a very good location. <laughs> but 
once again, going back into knowledge, right? I was a marketing student. So I knew if you make flyer, flyers, if you promote, if you give out, you know, you let people know where you are. We were giving out samples and stuff like that. We made people start coming into the restaurant. So we had about 125 seats at the beginning. It was super, super hard. I remember first, what was it? Probably six months because we opened on summer. And then you had that uh, fall, because remember I'm, I'm talking about um, college and universities. So we had all that fall that was like, mm, not that great. But then when we came back to spring, I kind of have my game done with a lot of flyers, printing, printed material, and kind of like an organized uh, way to let people know where we were at. And so that's how people started to come in. Uh, by the end of that semester, we would have all the seats occupied for lunch, and we would have people actually having to take food to go because it was too full. And little by little, we just became like that hidden place that was next to college for a lot of universities. So we were, um, to a certain point, we were working with the School of Visual Arts, with Baruch College, and with NYU. We became actually part of their meal programs. So you can imagine it was really, really busy. But... Uh, like all businesses at the beginning, you don't get the return of investment. So if you're not prepared for that, things start getting really fast, really, really, really bad, really fast. <laughs> so we were getting into a scenario like that. And then I remember I was like, listen, my husband's name is William. So I told Willie, I know that you can do catering because I've seen you doing amazing plates and stuff like that. Why don't you let me try selling it? And then um, we take it from there. And at the beginning, he was like, uh, Vero, you don't have experience like that. And I was, listen, I have the sales, the sales uh, men, sales women part in, in my DNA because my dad was also an entrepreneur. So he taught me how to sell. <laughs> It's just that I wasn't really doing it. So I was, I told him like, listen, why don't you leave that to me? If I get you the clients, would you do the food for me? And he was like, with a little bit of distrust, he was like, yeah, 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 you got it. <laughs> and within a couple of years, the catering aspect is what took the most of our business and our revenue to the point that, of course, the pandemic had a huge impact on our industry but to the extent that as of today that's the part that is surviving you know and like I told you yes we do plan to reopen uh, some of the cafes but we still need to get a little bit more momentum <laughs> for that. Do you want to promote your product or services to your target audience but don't know how? Do you struggle with social media marketing and management? Do you have challenges of lead generation for your business online? Well, look no further. Get more clicks. Media helps with SMS, MMS, and email marketing. Also, social media marketing and management, video marketing, lead generation, brand recognition, SEO, e-commerce, and website development. For more information, please visit getmoreclicksmedia.com. That's getmoreclicks, 
media.com. Exactly. No, no. Great. Uh, You segue into my next point, right? So you've been in business 22 years. Like, how have you been able to sustain a recession in 08? Obviously, we're still in the pandemic technically now uh, in 22. So how how have what's been your secret sauce to kind of no pun intended? I seek a sauce because you're in the restaurant business to uh, to really, uh, you know, stay in business. Yeah, well, many factors. First of all, uh, before opening the restaurants, my husband and I, we had invested in real estate. We we have always been to pair of workaholics, at least <laughs> at least if you're going to get into an addiction, it, it's not one that is su- such a bad one, right? It's not a bad one, right? It's not necessarily. <laughs> yes. So we, we gather um, a good amount of money and we start buying properties. Some of them, we had to sell them uh, in the recession of the 2008 because we were partners with other persons. So those uh, partnerships, we had to finish them because they were in a rush of getting the money out of it because of the same situation. But what we did is that building equity, it really generated for us the possibility of getting money, you know, like not in an instant, but pretty easily versus someone else who doesn't have something like that. So we do have a couple of properties here in New York, and um, one of them is where we live. Some other ones are for investments. So we were able to get some loans from that. So yes, it has been hard, and I'm not going to tell you that it has always been easy, especially, like you mentioned, um, during the recession, it was really, really tough. I remember we fall behind in a couple of the payments for mortgage and stuff like that. Um, you know, it goes like that. You go in a roller coaster. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's it's like that, period. <laughs> you learn how to navigate the, the storm and also the calm waters. Then you get to enjoy them. But um, that, uh, and then, you know, family and friends too, from time to time, if it's possible, my suggestion for anyone that is in their journey of entrepreneurship is if you can get money that is not directly from the bank, go for it. Sometimes you won't be able to do that, right? Because it's just not possible. But if you can and you know, but because you also have to be a person with integrity, if you're going to be asking for money, you know, you have to get return that money because that's the time and the working the working hours of someone else. So if you can do it and know that you will be able to repay, go for it. And then if that's not the case, of course, you have to go to a financial institution. How you do it, it could be either with a business plan or if you have already built equity in some somewhere, somehow, you can also do it like that. No, thank you so much. Yeah, no, there's a lot of resources and I could go on another show and talk about that. 100%, 125%. Um, how do you see the future of events? So obviously, pandemic came, we all went virtual, virtual networking, virtual everything. Uh, you know, that was the right. Everyone ordered Uber Eats or Dash, right? In 19 and 20, uh, and 20 and 21. 
Um, how do you see the future of event? Do you see more limited capacity, more virtual? I just wanted to know your thoughts being that you're in the event space. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of events? I know everyone was dying to get out, right? So that's what you see that, you know, ticket sales as far as events and concerts through the roof, right? Uh, you know, Taylor Swift sold out and people fighting for her tickets and all that. So <laughs> where do you see the future of events? Well, um, at the beginning, like you said, during the pandemic, it was brutal for our industry. We were definitely shut down for almost three years because of the same. Um, but also there was a lot of support and the people that were smart enough to look for it, they were able to find it. Um, how I see events coming out, it's going to be hybrid, a lot of them. Um, it's normal that people, if they are productive, they rather stay home that right instead of going all the time to the office how many how many hours do you lose in commute right that you could be more productive or just spending time with your family like in my own uh, personal case i had um a lot of my my staff they work hands on the job like i wouldn't be able to tell my chef to stay home and work virtual but i can do that with my sales rep or the person that go, runs my social media and how I feel it is that it's a very positive incentive for them and it, it does um, increases production. So I think it's normal. We learn and work as human beings, we like comfort. So now that we, we were able to find that we can do it like that, we're definitely not gonna give that away. But we're also a social, we're also social. And we like to interact with people. It's not the same. You don't get the same transmission from an interview or a meeting uh, via Zoom uh, than if you do it in person. There is so much more um, of being a human being that is not just being behind a camera. So after the pandemic, there was like a, a huge rush, especially for social events to get to, you know, people really wanted to get together, celebrate themselves. If they had a birthday, uh, a wedding, a sweet 16, you name it, they will make anything possible to get together. And there was not that much about the meetings and stuff like that, but I think it's moving there. Um, since what I would say since September, we start seeing, uh, I would say around a 75% increase in what it will be corporate meetings and events that are related to corporate or educational. I know for sure for next year, 2023, because I, I have a lot of relationship with colleges and stuff, everybody's telling me that the next year they're going to allow students to make full gatherings and social events. So I think it's going to be really busy. The, the industry is going to get really, really busy. We need that. Uh, we're welcoming with the, with big open arms. <laughs> and yes, I think that that's how, how we're going to, we're going to go. But still like every day, like day to day events, um, I think there's going to be that open door for people if they want to spend some of their, let's say, 100% of the hours that, you, that you're getting done at the work, probably you will be able to take 20% virtual to, to the person's request. That's what I see the trend will become. 
I agree with you 100%. I think I'm going to go hybrid, and I agree with you 100% on the commute. I used to commute an hour each way. Now I'm home. I'm just as productive, and I do more uh, with my time. So 100%, I agree with you there. Um, last question, um, final thoughts, right? So if the young person, you know, probably in a similar spot where you guys were about 22 years ago, looking to start their business, what's the first thing they should think about? Having the, obviously the emergency funds, but besides that, what should, uh, what should, what advice would you give that entrepreneur in their, you know, starting their business? First of all, trust your, trust your gut. Like there's always like human beings, we, we have that knowledge within us that, that we just know when something, when we have a dream and if you're really into focus, into what you want to, to do and what you want it to become, you will become the creator of that. There's always going to be criticism, people telling you, oh, that's too tough, da, da, da. Of course, anything that is worth it is tough, right? But if you do it with passion, discipline, and also some space for yourself, you will always be able to succeed in that. So that will be the, my, my first advice will be trust your gut. Is this something that you, you really, really know is going to work? It will work because you will make it work. Then second is reach out to other people. Sometimes like human beings, we like to help each other. That's our nature. It's very few, very few people are the ones that they don't like doing that. But most of us, we, we like to help each other. So ask a lot of questions. Sometimes you don't, you might not get, um, like you said, the financial aspect is always a must, right? Because if you don't have money, then you don't drive, you cannot do anything. But sometimes people are willing to give you their experience that is worth a lot much more than money. So if you surround yourself with mentors and like, like we were talking about knowledge and education, you choose a, a good career that will give you the tools to get where you have to be. That's also going to be like a key factor for your success. And then a third thing that I would say is look around to hidden, I would say hidden clues, hidden tips, hidden things that people might not be looking at. Um, as a minority business owner, we, we have been able to find, find a lot of support from the government, from government institutions, not only in terms of funding during the pandemic, thank God, yes, we were able to receive funding. But even before that, just by being registered as a minority business um, owners, it helps you. They, they make uh, different network events and stuff like that. So that will be the third one, like look for hidden things that might not be as visible, but they are there as tools to help you out. And then the, the fourth one, I would say communication. Build a strong network that will help you. If you have a good network and you build partnerships, that's 100% going to help you a lot. Sometimes um, we don't have enough funding to do certain things, certain events, certain, uh, or maybe you need something within your company. Let's say that you need to redo your web design and so on and so forth, but you don't have necessarily $4,000 to do it. 
but maybe the type of business that you have can help someone that's within the the design of the web the website that he needs something that you have and then it goes like that right so instead of making a money transaction we go back to you know the ancient science of trading to just trade your services <laughs> so um the, the better communication and networking that you have, I think that's going to be like the lock for the success. So, so I know some people might be a little bit shy. You know, it's if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to leave that, you know, lock in someplace else. You really need to learn how to communicate, be open and um, put yourself out there because otherwise no one's going to find you. <laughs> So true. No, absolutely. hundred percent. I agree with all your points. And yet it's a great opportunities once you're in business, business a year to get certified and get on the mailing list and networking events, hundred percent there. And there's a lot of free tools and resources, as you mentioned, you know, shout out to SCORE or, or the SPDCs or business action centers throughout the state, both New York and New Jersey, for that matter. There's a lot of tools, free tools for entrepreneurs to kind of jumpstart their, uh, their entrepreneurship journey. Uh, where could people find your information on your catering, your restaurant, or just you? Where could they find you via social media? So where I have my profile on LinkedIn, uh, Veronica Romero, and we have Hidden City Cafe Corp. We have Hidden, HiddenCityNYC.com. That's our website. And we also you also can Google Hidden City Loft. I think that at the moment, because of the venue, is the one that is more active um, because we've been doing a lot of events. It's not a very big space, but nonetheless, it's, it's like a fantastic space because um, during the pandemic, and this is something that I pro I don't remember if I mentioned this to you, uh, Dr. B, uh, while we were shut down, I had to work someplace else because, you know, how am I going to survive? <laughs> So um, I work at Terrace in the Park, which, which is a venue space in Queens that is fantastic. If you are uh, original from Queens, everybody knows that because most of graduations and social events take place there. <laughs> and that's an amazing community. They have a, a beautiful um, layout and the, the interaction with them, them is wonderful. So I learn a lot from them. And I really appreciate uh, all their help, their support, and the mentoring. Uh, I was able to take them in my heart and also in my knowledge. So that's something we started um, doing with the Hidden City Loft. And now it's very, very visible in social media. A lot of people is looking on the platform. So that's probably where you can find us easier in Google via Hidden City Loft. Love it, Veronica. Thank you for your time. And quick fun fact, I used to work there too back in 1999 <laughs> at Terrace on the Park. Very long time ago. <laughs> I'm from Queens. I'm, I live five minutes by my mom. Still lives there. Five minutes by foot from the Terrace on the Park. So, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Amazing conversation. I'm looking forward to releasing this in the next couple of weeks. So thank you, Veronica, for your time. And thank if I don't speak you. to you, happy holidays. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for the Thank you. Veronica Romero, everybody. Thank you. Has the pandemic changed the way you prospect today? Do you struggle prospecting for new leads for your business? Do you have challenges and don't have a process when networking 
and an event either virtually or online? Well, look no further. Borja Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course is a solution. In this eight-week intensive course, you will go from networking novice to networking guru. As a bonus, 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 two coaching sessions with Dr. Jairo Borja himself are now included in the course. Don't miss this amazing opportunity to transform your pipeline, increase quality leads, close more deals, and transform your way to success. For more information, please visit our website, www.borhaconsultinggroup.com. That's www.borhaconsultinggroup.com. Hey, everybody. I just interviewed Veronica Romero from uh, Hidden City Cafe, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you're inspired or aspire or inspired to stay in business. And if she's able to survive a pandemic and a financial crisis, you definitely can. Hope you enjoyed that episode and see you later.